Blog Talk Radio. We've got so much to say, so just listen here to what we have to say. Just open your ears.
This is full-fledged testing. Do you know that they're building concentration camps to put millions of people in? Do you know that the United Nations has got 300,000 troops in the United States right now that they're going to use to confiscate weapons? And they're selling our active military troops, sending our active military troops out of the United States so they won't be here when this happens? Are you aware that that's going on? Do you know that just off the coast, of, uh, just south of the border in Veracruz, there are 300 tons of Soviet military equipment ready to invade? I mean, this is, is that there are states actually wanting to succeed from the, from the Union? Yes. Yes, there are seven different, there are nine different regions. The United States is being, has already been designated to be split up. They're getting ready to, to, just, to, to totally dismantle the United States of America. And, you know, the only real part of the United States of America, and I'm getting so angry with this, is Washington, D.C., 68 square miles. That's really all that is the United States. We are in the Republic of Arizona. People in California are in the Republic of California. It is those separate republics that make up a United States. Washington, D.C. has totally manipulated everything. We don't, we're no longer the United States with the forefathers found that at all. And, and, you know, in 1992, um, the United Congress approved the UN Charter. But what people aren't aware of, because it wasn't just in the press, in the newspapers, in our controlled media, is that There are no guarantees. Uh, 
But there's no guarantee that Earth is going to go into fourth or fifth density. There's no guarantee that the entire galaxy is going to get there. Because if that were the case, they would probably just leave us alone and not give a damn. No. I'm already I'm called in via Skype. But I'm hanging up so how are you holding this conversation with me? Yeah, before I was actually on a Skype call with Blog Talk, but then it hung up on me. And now I'm now I'm on the phone with you, but I know that I'm listening to Skype, so I'm actually not sure how doing this. Okay, so I can hear you on I can hear the I can hear the call on Skype. Can you hear the call right now? Yeah, I can hear something in the background. The music like. Yeah, so if I put it a little louder, that that might be um, me, like from the audio from. Yeah, that's my what I speakers. think it is. So, so now what you should do is see how we're on the thing. You right click on my name. Uh huh. You should be able to. And um, to add another another person to the pool. Yeah, I'm just not there. Okay, so there's a thing called plus. Yeah, I see that. So plus that, and then, and then click on the um, on the blog talk radio thing and join it in. Yeah, it's not, it's not gonna work like that. Cause I'm not even called into um, I'm not even called into Block Talk, but it says that I'm called in from Block Talk. So I don't know why it's saying that. Okay. So I should just ring in from the um, from my cell phone. Good, that'd be better. Yeah. Okay. I don't okay. even I don't even know if. Uh, okay, is, is that you right now? Where? Someone just called in. Okay. All right. I'll uh, I'll wait for your call right now. Okay. okay All right. Bye bye. All right. Hi, Johnny. Oh, hey, Channing. Wait, can you hear me? It's me, Channing. So you can hear me? I can hear you. All right. Good. Um, because I wasn't sure. Uh, the, I was the show. Out of- the volume of the the show is louder than your voice, the, the music audio. But okay, okay. Uh, you're live. And yeah, uh, we're waiting for you to call in. No one has called in yet, so I thought you were a guest. I wanted to challenge uh, a call. I wanted to challenge a guest. Well, actually, I'm I'm hitting up the 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 the, the globe uh, NASA NASA Facebook pages and stuff. 
So yeah, well, you're live with the full fledged show. We got our special guest, Frank McManus from Australia. He's um been making salt in Australia for a few years and I have the salt here. It's some of the best salt I've ever had. And he's here to talk about how all physics is completely useless to mankind. Um physicists have accounted for basically nothing important. I think this is Frank right now. All right, hold on. Frank you're live on the Full Fledged Show. Is that you? It is me. All right, cool. So I was just uh, introducing the audience to who the guest, Frank McManus. Um, and so we don't have any callers yet. No one, uh, no challengers for this particular show. What a surprise. Now, could you perhaps enlighten the audience as to why you have the stance that you do regarding physics and physicists? Um, so the this, this stance that I have that, that modern physics provides nothing useful? Yeah. Well, because I, I guess the challenge is to think of anything that they do what is provided by modern physics that's of any use to us? There's nothing. Um, there's no. There's no particular um, benefit that anyone gains from the study of modern physics. Uh, probably since the time of Einstein, it's all been completely useless, um, and it just has people tied up in knots, um, searching. For non-existent things, like gravitons, for example. Um, for, for example, modern physics makes no attempt to explain what gravity is. They describe it. They they say it's a force that draws people to the Earth and holds things on the Earth and has planets spinning around the uh, sun. But they don't explain the mechanism of what gravity is. And, and so it's completely useless. And um, someone... uh, well, well, another example is, is just the, the latest thing is, you know, to have a phone charger where there's no connection between the power outlet and the phone. They just have a little magnetic inductance unit to charge a phone. Well, according to physicists, electricity is the movement of electrons. But there's no... There's nothing physical between the phone and the and the magnetic induction charge machine. So uh, clearly, that's occurring uh, through the ether, which physicists say doesn't exist. You know, according to a modern physics, that you know, just an everyday thing that you see, that the phone charger, the cordless phone charger, shouldn't be operating. Now, why do you think that, um, well, there's this, this guy that got back to me, but he said, um, like, does, does Frank, like, does he not use a, a computer? Is that um, computers and cell phones? Uh, right, so, so so in what way did, did those cell phones and computers get created by physicists? Who were the physicists that created those things? <laughs> what, 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 what aspects of modern physics resulted in cell phones and um and computers, it's all done by engineers working off 
um, knowledge gained, the theories that were developed far before, long before Einstein occurred. You know, these, these are the guys that really did all the work, the the Faradays and the uh, Maxwells and the you know and the and the Teslas and the Edisons. Had no, it's got nothing to do with modern physics at all. Yeah, it'd be really cool you know, to have a what, challenge. What 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 has gravity got to do with a telephone? What what has gravity got to do with a computer? Nothing. It's um, these are all all of the machinery that we use has all been created by engineers, and then the main engineers don't study physics. It, you know the way they teach the way they teach uh, electrical engineers. How electricity works is completely different to the way they teach physics students how electricity exists. Another example of what you and I have talked about, Johnny, is that is is what is light? How does light work? Uh-huh. According to Einstein, there's there's a photon that travels through the air, but that's completely untrue because you what actually happens is at the point at which um, let's say a light bulb that starts to burn and actually causes a disturbance in the ether and that disturbance travels out as a wave and when it reaches your eye your eye responds to the movement of the of the of the ether and um, denotes a color there's no photon that's come from the torch to your eye that that would be impossible because um, people all around the room see the light from the torch and the torch isn't generating an infinite number of photons zizzing through the you know through the through nothingness into your eye it doesn't work that way it's it's like it's like you imagine I, th- I think I gave you this description before you imagine a, a, a fellow in a in a boat on a lake and he taps his hand in the water and you see the wave from the from the tapping it comes across the lake and eventually you, the the wave front reaches the the shore and you know that that guy's been tapping his hand even though you can't see him that, that's how light works in other words a wave needs something to propagate which is called the ether and modern physics dismisses the ether as existing and yet we all know that torches work and we all know that, that cordless phone chargers work. Uh-huh. Another another example of the, is a thing called the Sanyak interferometer which is used to guide a plane. That device was created to demonstrate that there was an ether and that um, the speed of light is controlled by the ether as a, as a form of propagation. And the Sanyak interferometer is a device where you can set it up in a particular direction and no matter which way you travel, that interferometer will tell you your original direction of, of travel. Now that machine can only work on the basis that there is an ether. Uh, and and um, according to Einstein, that, that device can't work. And yet the Sanyak interferometer is used by modern aircraft all over the world and is one of the most prevalent uh, navigation devices on air- aircraft today. 
and that was that was that's a device based on the assumption that there is an ether which we use every day another example is there's not a single engineering calculation of any kind that makes use of a curved earth So I guess uh, let me put a challenge out to you, Johnny. Can you think of a device um, that, that the fellow that rang in said, do we use a phone or do we use a computer? Um, because that's related to modern physics. Um, did the fellow explain how it's related to modern physics? No. Because, because we had phones. I might say we had phones. Um, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. And he didn't know anything about Einstein when he invented the telephone. He was he was an engineer. You know, the telegraph and the telephone are just another another way of encoding information, making it travel down a, a line, and then decoding it at the other end. So when we use a when we use a, a cell phone, what happens is that there's a signal which is um, a disturbance, like a torch uh, disturbance in the ether. And what happens is the cell phone simply is able to, if you like, see, for want of a better word, or hear that disturbance in the ether, and then it, and then it um, is able to transmit information. There's, there's nothing that requires... In fact, if anything, a cell phone and a computer of anything um, rely on the fact that there is an ether to operate because the idea that there are electrons required to zizz around everywhere has been has been disproved simply by the the very thing I spoke to you about when we started the show, which is the non which is the use of these um Non-contact phone charges. You know, we, do you know the ones I'm talking about, Johnny? Yeah. You know how you can now just buy a little pad and you put your phone against it and it charges your phone up. Mm-hmm. So clearly, there's no electrons travelling across the thing, is there? Plastic on plastic. And. So it's it, yeah. it's in, in complete contradiction to modern physics, which says it all has to be an electron or a photon moving as a particle. Yeah, well, yeah. So I remember when we had that little conversation about photons, protons, and all that. Like, how how do you even know what they are? You know, you're just told what they are anyway. Yeah, I mean, so all of these things you know, rely on a kind of a belief system about how they work. But there's never any actual application of these ideas. Engineers and electrical engineers and people that design phones and people that design computers, they go about their work without ever, not ever having studied uh, physics in any way, shape or form. They, They simply get trained how to do things and how to create circuit boards and 
which, you know, a, a modern computer is just a series of switches that they're either on or off and create pathways and channels. And um, the signal that's transmitted, um, a disturbance of the ether, So it's like a, as I said, it, it is literally like um, um, a, a ripple in a pond of water. So light, when when people say light travels, to, to say that light moves at the speed of light from the light bulb to your eye, that that just doesn't happen. Light doesn't travel. Light, if you like, shakes. A series of you can imagine the world. Uh, you can imagine the ether as just a giant set of springs, all connected, or like a spider's web, a 3D spider's web. Instead of just in 2D, the spider's web is in 3D. And that when when you when the torch that you're operating, you you press the switch, and what the torch does is shake the spider's web. And somewhere at a distant point, the spider feels the shake. But that's that's not what we're told is how light works. But even though, as I said, no one ever uses the the um, the modern physics model. And then we're told about nuclear weapons and there's nuclear power. But of course, no one has ever physically observed a nuclear weapon. No one has ever gotten any benefit out of nuclear power in any way, shape or form. And nothing's really happening there. So I'm just wondering if you can think of anything off the top of your head, Johnny, that's um, a benefit of modern physics. Hmm. Maybe someone would say uh, cars. <laughs> Something like... Yeah, again, um, Infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's right. Everyone seems to talk about things that, um, you know, I don't think Henry Ford ever claimed to be a modern day physicist, did he? I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think he ever said that he was one. No, I don't think so either. It's it's a these things all existed, um, you know, long before anyone heard of Albert Einstein or atomic theory and even we've even talked about atoms I mean I guess the core of modern physics is is the planetary model of an atom which is that there is a um, that there is a very tiny core which contains nearly all of the all of the weight of the of the matter and it's surrounded by a cloud of electrons um, and so Every time anyone tries to find an electron, they say, "No, no, you can't." The reason you can't see is because the electron's behaving like a wave. Um, and so we we're given all these theories, and they say, "Well, they must be true because modern chemistry works." Well, it's almost certain that what we're observing is um, simply a geometric fitting of shapes of various sizes, so that. Um, 
sort of behaves in the same way that we talk about the valence of, of chemistry. There are certain patterns that lock together um, better than others. Um, you know, a bit like, um, well, I think some people say that a mandala is, is, a, is an example of a, um, of a wave shape. You know, where you create a vibration and you end up with a with very specific patterns at very specific frequencies. So you, you know what a mandala is? Yeah. Yeah. So those those patterns, if you have a let's say you have a flat board, and you put some salt or sand on the board, and you and you alter the frequency, you'll you'll end up with as you move up through the frequencies it'll move from chaos to a particular pattern and then you up the frequency again and it goes into chaos and then next thing you know you get another pattern and you keep moving the frequency up and you get more and more complex patterns as you move up to higher and higher frequencies but in between the certain frequencies it, it's a very chaotic thing you're familiar with that experiment yeah slightly so um that's that's almost certainly the way that our um, that modern chemistry works. Is that you know there's an analogy to to um, responses to certain frequencies. It's got nothing to do with electrons and protons. Is essentially what I'm saying, Johnny. Um, it's almost certain, for example, that the gravity that we experience on Earth is what they call a incoherent electromagnetic field, and that um, that particular way of thinking about what gravity is describes perfectly well what we experience on the Earth and the reason why a compass points in a particular direction is that the the, the, what we experience as gravity is our response to an incoherent um, magnetic electromagnetic field. And because we're blocked off by modern physics from pursuing those things, because people keep talking about gravity and planets and so on, we're not able then to make use of the very obvious uh, knowledge that comes about from understanding our real situation. I think that's changing now as people are becoming aware. But all of the contributions of, to, to what they call physics since the time of Einstein are, are gibberish, really. Come on, Frank. That's not what I learned in school. Yeah, you haven't heard that in school. Was it, was it, did you find it very, did you find physics very useful when you were studying it at school, John? Okay, actually that was a joke. Because we weren't taught, there was a physics class, but I never took it. I didn't have the opportunity to take it. But there was yeah. a physics class. And, um, yeah, so I, remember so I, I actually, okay, go on. I actually, you know, my, I did a, a I did a Bachelor of Science with a, a major in physics, in nuclear physics, in fact. And I think the exam that I got for, you know, there was one part, one exam that was that was called relativity. And I think I got 100% for that exam. The only exam I've ever got 100% for. Okay. 
you know, so it, it's not like I've never studied this stuff. It, you know, it's just that it is, in the end, all of the people that, you know, and there are, you know, several hundred people that I studied physics with in my, just in my year alone, none of them, of course, became physicists in Australia because there's no role for those people. There's no real jobs for physicists because there's no, you know, there's no real work for them. The, the things that they've learnt don't have any meaning unless they become teachers. And in the main, that's what most people who study physics end up doing is teaching because their job is to indoctrinate young youngsters into the 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 current um, view of the world, which is, in my view, just just strictly uh, a deceptive system that comes from Nakash. And of course, no one is going to ring in, and no one is going to ring into the show because <laughs> because they can't think of any examples of how modern physics has provided any anything useful to us. <laughs> can they, can someone say that um, airplanes? You know, airplanes is something well, modern physics. Well, I think I, th I think I think the airplane was um, the first powered flight was um, the Wright brothers. They say if, if we believe all that stuff, well, let's say that was in 1903, uh -huh. um, and Einstein didn't even publish the relativity thing until 1905. So I think we can rule that out. And in fact, the only thing in aircraft that, that, that is of use from modern physics is what I called, what I talked to you about before, called the Sagnac interferometer, S-A-G-N-A-C interferometer, which comes from an experiment which proved that the ether exists. And, the, and of course, um, the people that believe that relativity is true come up with some absolutely crazy notion about why Relativity works with the Sanyak interferometer. It's um, crazy. So, as I said, all of the all of the um, inventions, for example, even the laser beam, comes from um, thinking of light as an etheric. Um, disturbance rather than it does from thinking of it as a photonic phenomenon and in fact all the young slit experiments all the I, all the experiments about interference that we get taught or, taught about as uh, in university physics the single slit experiment the double slit experiment etc etc are all much better described as a um, movement as a wave in a materium than they are thinking them as photons. So it's all, you know, completely um, calling black as white and white as black. 
and even the sun, you know, the idea that the sun is a nuclear reactor, which is the modern physics thought, is physically impossible because we know that the sun is much hotter. It's at sort of several million degrees further out from the than the core of the sun. They say the core of the sun is 6,000 degrees, but uh, a couple of hundred kilometres out from the sun, it's several million degrees. Now, that's impossible if it's a nuclear reaction because the nuclear reaction would be the hottest part, not the distant part. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So the description of the sun as being a nuclear ball... Is, is impossible just on the observance of what we know about it when we we know that the corona is much hotter than the what they call you know the interior core of the sun so it can't it can't be a nuclear furnace as they describe it and not only that the sun is so perfectly round if it was reduced you know if it was the size of a billiard ball it would be thousands of times smoother than a billiard ball. Do you think that's incredible? I think it's incredible. The sun is the most perfectly round shape that we can observe. It's an incredible thing. And so um, the idea that that can be a kind of liquid ball of of, um, atomic material doing all its thing and yet still retain that perfect shape is illogical and just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit the facts. And as we know, electricity and, and electrical cables and so on and generators all came about during the 1860s, 1870s and 1880s. Electrical motors are no different now to they were when they were first invented in principle. Um, all of that came long before Einstein and modern physics came. Um, yeah. So to say that I'm not expecting anyone to ring in and and say, yeah, this, this is a really amazing contribution of nuclear or of, of modern day physics, you know, who's going to do that? I mean, the reason no one can understand modern physics is because it's gobbledygook. Uh huh. Could you go on a little bit? Talk about that. So what about when someone says, like, you know, what about astrophysics, Frank? Okay, so what what do you... what do you, Well, I've just given one explanation. Astrophysics <laughs> assumes that the sun is a nuclear ball. Well, it, it's... Uh-huh. That doesn't fit the facts. That doesn't fit the facts. The other, the other issue is um, the idea that there's a vacuum, uh, the, you know, the outer space is a vacuum connected to you know, just adjacent to an atmosphere around the Earth, and the atmosphere is held by gravity. 
Well, I, I think I've got a blog. I, I mean, I hope it, if you can, if you feel like putting the link to my blog in there in your website, um, Johnny, I have a discussion on atmosphere and explain why it's impossible for the atmosphere to exist against a perfect vacuum of outer space. So the whole idea that there is an outer space um, is nonsense. You know, no one, no, there's no way to demonstrate that you can have an atmosphere um, right next to a vacuum without having some barrier in between the two, a physical barrier. Yeah, but the, you know, some, the, most of the people that are going to be that would have called in to debate this, they wouldn't have even known mm -hmm. about the dome anyway. So they wouldn't have even known about what? They wouldn't have even known about the dome. You know. No, that's right. It's it's um, it's a um, you know, how do how does anyone explain how how the atmosphere can exist next to a vacuum? There's no there isn't actually any explanation of it in in anything. All all that you get is a view that it's gravity. And yet we have, you know, you can do simple experiments here on Earth which demonstrate that if you um, if you have a vacuum against the atmosphere and just the, the the air just moves up against gravity. Gravity doesn't hold air in place against a vacuum. It, it's just physically impossible. In fact, it couldn't even hold the water on the Earth in, against a vacuum. It probably couldn't even hold half of the solid material on the Earth. A lot of the stuff would just vaporize in a vacuum. You know, if you put rocks if you put rocks into a vacuum chamber, some of the material of the rock uh, evaporates. And all the water evaporates. Um, what else? Yeah. Well, I wish this show was a little bit more exciting because we don't have anybody in here that actually wants to speak on the subject to try to challenge you, <laughs> which is what we're trying to do. Again, no one wants to come on. Yeah, I I can't imagine that I'm so terrifying. I must say, <laughs> you know, I thought I thought I had a very gentle approach to things. Yeah. You know, I was listening to um, one of the Out of Darkness into the Light podcasts, and I heard you would I heard you admit to Dave that um. You're open to the possibility of Dave not being real, that he was just a voice, you know, like you don't know that he's a real person. Yeah, and the same with you, Johnny. How do I know that you're, uh, you know, I, 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 sorry, I, I don't dispute that you, you're a human being or something at the end of the phone line, but I don't know if you're who you say you are or if you're a character that's created just to hold right. these discussions. 
I think I was a character that was created to hold these discussions. So, you know, and no one knows if I'm a character created to hold these discussions. You know, I, I only can only, um, you know, provide the the discussion points, and so that's why often um, the idea that you are concerned about the messenger is hopeless. Really, you've got to listen to the message. Uh-huh. And make your and make your um, know your own mind about what you think about the message. You have to use your own critical thought, don't you? And yeah. uh, and I think and I I think you have to seek the creator's protection from messages as well. You you need to ask the creator to give you the wisdom to to be able to um, discern the truth. I think we need divine inspiration to discern the truth. Well, Frank, I'm sorry if I wasted your time. Because um, I have, um, I mean, I'll listen to this again. It wasn't very long. But I mean, um, there just wasn't really much of a good uh, show for tonight. There is just not enough uh, really engaging questions, you know. We uh, this is like um, this could have been better if um, I was given more time to be able to set it up and uh, actually get people excited because this was kind of like last time where I think got scaled back a bit so they couldn't really um, you know grow into something a lot better. So it's it great that you just you, you just just keep pottering away, and if eventually you get people that are interested in in uh, taking up the challenge, then you know you'll it, you know from little things, big things grow. Johnny. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely going to uh, listen to the things you said again, and then probably reverse the audio. And then, like, let you know what I hear. <laughs> you should you should play the the audio in reverse anyway. Maybe just uh, have the first part <laughs> have the first part in normal. And then here, here's here's what Frank really meant in reverse. <laughs> well, I've, the funny thing about that is that I've never reversed people talking about some certain subject. So. Listening to them for the first time talking about these subjects, I don't, I don't know what I'd hear. That would be very interesting. Yeah, it would be. So, so I'm going to ask you now. Let's, let, let me let me take you on another path. Tell me about orgon and why you think it's it's the most important thing. All right. Well, orgone is uh, what what we make as orgone is actually a form of the original type of orgone that was rediscovered by Wilhelm Reich in the 1930s and 40s. And so it's a life force ether energy, like what you described earlier. It's inherent in all of mankind, human, animal, and plant life. Um, And there's good orgone and there's bad orgone. Things like electromagnetic frequencies and uh, cell phones and uh, computers and laptops and Wi-Fi and, uh, you know, microwaves and other electromagnetic waves 
they send out detrimental, deadly orgones. And we are primarily composed of the life force. So it zaps us of our energy and drains us and destroys us and cooks us. And what Wilhelm Reich rediscovered in the 1930s and 40s was this inherent life force ether energy, which he called orgone, because based on his studies of um, using dried cultured bions, which he rediscovered too, he called them bions. Uh, what he discovered was that there's a like four mechanical stages in life that you see um, that have to do with the orgasm of the organism. So he kind of had a sex ecology type of um, mindset and built this orgone theory around the rigid sexual construct and makeup of man, which was that, you know, people were just, uh, they were too constricted in their sexual gratification and pleasures and that, if they were to experience regular healthy orgasms, they would then be healthier people. And um, this was just one aspect of his entire life's work. But what he... Now, now, now I'm really interested in that particular topic because, of course, there are you know, many of the, the Jewish religions and many of the uh, Buddhist um, religions... Uh, try to encourage people to to not have an orgasm when they have sex because they say that orgasms drain them of their life force. So I'm really interested in your your orgone view because I I mean I for one think you're one hundred percent correct, Johnny, in your view. However, it they're models. Um and and I'm really intrigued about the well it's almost a Hegelian dialectic, isn't it, between the view that orgasms deplete people and that you should have sex without orgasm as composed to the um, to the model you've just proposed, the orgone model. Well, um, yeah, there's power in not orgasming and making sure to keep your and, and um, withhold your life force ether energy inside you. And so I'm I'm one to not expend any orgasm for any type of unnecessary reason because it's a waste. And so um Wilhelm Reich was technically a non practicing Jewish person who studied under Freud and so when you look up stuff about Reich, what you're going to hear is like, oh, you know, this, he was just another Jew um, promoting sexual filth for mankind because he was basically pro-sex, really pro-sex. Um, and so I think there's a middle ground, but because um, you could go, you know, the total opposite would be just having sex and feeling pleasure in a hedonistic lifestyle. And then there's just a total uh, dry spell of no sexual pleasure. But I think that um, if you would, if you waste it, then it is a waste because there's things that could be done to make sure that it's not wasted. But um, I think 
to build it up, to build up your own type of energy signature, uh, building up the life force, you're going to want to not expend it. And you're going to, you could experiment by going months of pure, as pure as possible, um, you know, conservation of your life force energy. That's what it's all about. So, so, so I'd be really interested in how you reconcile having lots of orgasms with not having orgasms, and how you, and how you, what's your model of what the well, right thing I, to do is, and and have it, you know, well, if, if in your website you 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 do all that, I'd be I, I for one would be really interested in in reading that. I think that I don't have anything written on it, but I think that the correct way to live is to just live a holy life. Like Yahushua said, to be holy, just to be as holy as possible, and so. Uh, but what do, what does that mean in terms of having orgasms? I think that what it means is that uh, you shouldn't masturbate, and that if you so want to have an orgasm, it, isn't 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 that really different to Wilhelm Reich though? Didn't Wilhelm Reich say you should have plenty of them? Yeah, I think that Wilhelm Reich was. I don't, you know, see, some people say that Wilhelm Reich was a furious masturbator. You know, you can't prove these things. But I don't yeah. think that Wilhelm Reich would be against masturbation. I don't think he would be. Um, because it would just be another fulfillment of a sexual pleasure that you may need at that time um, in order to get you through something. I mean, and then there's sex magic. You know, there's some people like, well, I'm not going to waste an orgasm. I'll just perform a sex magic ritual at a certain time and place in order to um, facilitate whatever desire, conscious will that they're manifesting into the reality. But, you know, that's not something I do. That's not so, something So that what I hear, I don't, I don't know what other people hear, but what I hear when I hear you talk like this is, Two quite you, you to me you seem to be holding two paradoxical views. One that organ and organite and so on is um, a powerful assistance to people. It and is, it's, and, and it's a, a way that and what you should do and and that the theory of organite is that it's based on releasing your your um, sexuality <laughs> and indulging in high high levels of sexual pleasure okay but but then uh, on the same time you're holding a completely contradictory view that you should you should withhold your sexual behavior um in a way that you think would be approved of by yeshua but yeshua doesn't tell us in the bible how to do that and i'm and i'm really interested in in i for one would really be interested in you spelling that out very explicitly and on your website or whatever it is. Okay. It'd be well, really great for me. To put it even more clearly, I guess, um, the organ that we make is based off of the research that Wilhelm Reich had pioneered, but it's not the yeah. same type of thing that he had created. And so, so would um, you call it would you call it asexual organite? Yeah. Um, well organ doesn't make you horny. It and to uh, to some people, it does different things. I think um, to one person in Australia, a contact with uh, Skylands Hardcore, um, 
he's a rapper, the CPU junkies guy. When I gave him Oregon, he told me that um, um, it made him less horny in a way. Uh, there's other people that say, you know, it puts them into balance. They don't feel like they um, are too stressed out. They feel like they're, uh, they've been leveled out. And so some people, I think that they, they, they like to masturbate in order to relieve stress and to feel like they've been, they've been balanced because they feel overwhelmed. So, I mean, um, I think the Oregon puts you into balance. I think that if I, cause Wilhelm Wright created Oregon accumulators. These weren't like what we have with Oregon blasters, these little pucks. He made. I don't know if you've ever really done a lot of research on Wilhelm Reich, but he's he created a, a like, little bit. I, I know that, I know that he made these boxes. That, yeah, the boxes accumulated organ. The accumulators were as tall as doors, and you would walk into yeah, them no. like opening a door, and you sit down. And what I believe yeah, is like that yeah, like an old-fashioned uh, phone booth. Yeah, what I believe is that you could, with if you walk into one and sit down, and you were really horny, I think that what it would do is it would relieve you of that feeling. I think that, oh, so, yeah, our orgone isn't based around um, being a sexual deviant or anything. It's just, uh, it's been given a bad rap on the internet just because the person who pioneered the orgone um, information movement, Wilhelm Reich, is associated with his sex ecology theories, which necessarily aren't that um I would have to read through them, all of them, but um, I think he's correct. Um, I think there's cor- correct things he's he's got, but as for this life path I'm on now, it's more about conservation of sexual energy and knowing that there's other certain ways that you can release all forms of stress and negativity without needing a form of sexual release in order to gratify yourself. And um, I think that the more that you withhold your orgasms, and I'm not even talking about masturbating or having sex and not orgasming, but I'm talking about the less that you focus on any type of root chakra, lower consciousness type of sexual desires, the higher your mind will be focused on what's important like Father and Yahushua, and uh, you'll be more in tune with the Spirit, and um, you'll be able to see things in the artificial sky that other people aren't seeing, and you'll be able to be uh, witness to more of the spiritual activity around you in the realm that we normally can't see. Okay, so for, I'm just telling you, some, from, for me, I, I still think that you hold uh, two paradoxical views, and I'd be really interested in seeing... You re, you resolve those in I, some way using I some model because right. I I don't I don't hold two paradoxical models. Um, I mean you're saying that I'm like I'm not super sexually charged up. What I advocate is almost like chastity. no. I'm saying that I, I'm I'm saying I'm saying that I think that you that your organ model is paradoxical uh, is if you like in conflict with your with the with the model of um, withholding well, sexual release yeah, it's it's or controlling sexual release. Because they're talking about two different orgones. Uh, the orgone that Wilhelm Reich was talking about, um, his orgone theories, 
it's still based mm-hmm. around the life force, which is the semen and the blood and the sexual liquids. Yep. And the the genitalia, and it's the energy. Yep. yep. But um, what we make in our orgone blasters, um, the recipe is supposed to come from Yahuwah, from from the Most High. So the mm-hmm. the orgone that we make is not what Wilhelm Reich was making. So he pioneered it. It's almost like the Illuminati put him out there to make orgone look bad. Now. But um, the organ that we have and that we employ and get out now, uh, it has nothing to do with um, anything inherently really sexual related besides being linked up with Wilhelm Reich and his sex ecology theories. But we call it orgone only because he actually stated what he stated about it being, you know, related to the orgasm of the organism because it all has to do with um, – what we are as human beings and uh, even as animals and uh, plants, we all have life in us and you can't have life without um, recreation. And the only way that we were ever born is if someone had an orgasm. And so we were here because of that. And I think Dave actually, you know, Dave's spoken about sex before how, um, we there's so many hang-ups that we've got in this world about sex itself that uh and you're right um when it comes to you know I've spoken with Dave about it too when it comes to comes to what is deemed holy in the bible and what we should and shouldn't do sexually very clear it's made that we're not to be sexual perverts that we're not to be lustful Yeshua said not to look at anybody with a lustful type of mindset or you've already committed adultery with your eyes and stuff like that. So, you know, it's about having a clear mind. And so I think it, it all boils down to discipline and and wanting to have that type of um, mentality of, I think the real Christ consciousness is one of um, knowing that you're more than the flesh that you think controls you and so uh, introducing the organ into the mind of someone that's new to all this i think that um yeah i i I would like to dispel that type of you think that i'm holding two contradictory because i um the organ is the organ i'm talking about the reason i think it's the best i mean this is the best organ on the planet the fake planet because it's it comes from god that's what i believe about it and um so there's other people's organ out there that doesn't do what ours does. Um, our organ is advertised as being able to kill aliens, gray aliens, reptilians, demons don't like it, shadow people don't like it, uh, beings they call archons don't like it, you know, fallen angels aren't supposed to like it. Um, it kills aliens. It, it's supposed to be able to kill zombies. And it will kill giants, and it will stop these um, soul scalp demonically in, infested and possessed cyborg super soldiers, these AI artificial intelligent um, machines that will be going door to door because we're not going to be dealing with flesh and blood, FEMA, martial law troops. They're going to be 
genetically modified my labs are going to be, um, you know, grown in these underground facilities. They're not going to be real people going door to door killing, uh, you know, the right people in the FEMA camps. And so we're going to be, there's going to be UFOs overhead and stuff like that. And I know that you don't really subscribe to these kinds of ideas of the, the doom and gloom, but I do. And I have for the past four years, and so we get Oregon out to be able to protect ourselves from the things we see now, like chemtrails and the things we don't see yet, like the zombies. And I think it takes um, faith to be able to believe that it would kill zombies. But I only have that faith because I know that it's the Oregon has removed shadow people from the presence of loved ones in my life and of uh, people online that have bought it from me. So I know that the Oregon definitely works with what it's supposed to now. So I don't doubt what it's supposed to work against in the future, whether or not I'll be here for any type of zombies because we're being programmed. I don't know the programming in Australia, how bad that is, but in here in the United States, there's a lot of zombie programming and it's bad. It's just redundant. And uh, typically there's alien and zombie programming that go on together simultaneously. So it's the the Oregon that's going to be able to kill the zombies and the aliens. And Sherry says that um, the Oregon actually emits the breath of Yah. And that's why these demonic beings hate it. And that's why um, Satanists hate it. That's why demonically possessed humans hate it. Because not everyone we see on outside is really human. They're they're actually clones. They're actually androids, and uh, they're demonically possessed beings. And so th- that's why um, if you carry a lot of organ with you outside, you'll notice some of these, you know, these creatures. They're not human, but they look human. But you would never be able to tell because you know the fakes are so good. So clones, yeah, clones are supposed to malfunction around the organ. That's why they say Hillary's messed up so many times because that was that was just a clone malfunctioning. Maybe not because of the organ, but it's because of the clones. They have doubles, triples, quadruples. You know, the real Hillary's been dead for years. So people are thinking she's dead now, but she's been dead for since 2013. None of them are alive. We can never prove any of them were alive yesterday or tomorrow. You know, they're all... It's almost like how you think that, you know, I and Dave, you know, we don't, we may not be real, real. Well, they're definitely less real than we are. <laughs> yeah. So has anybody, has anybody called in while we've been talking about organ to tell me the virtues of modern physics? No. No, no one has been called. No one has called in. Well, it's really surprising to me. Not. not. Maybe next All time right. we, can, Johnny, we can do a part two. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, I hope I didn't uh, overwhelm you with the Oregon info. 
No, no, I, I'm, I'm, I said I, I've, I'm interested genuinely, and in, I'm still would be, I would still like to see, um, understand, and probably this is not the right time, but I, I really want to understand why your organ um, is a sexual organ compared to the the Wilhelm Reich stuff. Um, but yeah, let me give you time to gather your thoughts from it because I, I would really like to, you know, if you like, have a logical argument with you about it because I, um, um, you'll need to send me some information on, on the difference between the Shriner organ and the Reich organ so I understand it better. I, uh, all right. Because, because I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm expressing to you is, uh, you know, I didn't realize it until just, just this second, until you just told me then, that your organ was different to Reich organ. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I think I think other people apart from me would be really interested in knowing, you know, what the difference is. I think someone might call in right now. I'm not sure. Um, okay. I do want to ask, how did you find out about that Johnny Davis guy? Well, I think I – so I was subscribed to a few websites uh, through Marcus Allen, and I'm guessing that one of those websites was a person that was playing a character, changed the character to Johnny Davis, because Johnny Davis has just kind of disappeared again. Yeah. So I didn't I don't I don't remember actually subscribing to Johnny Davis. I think someone that I was subscribed to converted into Johnny Davis. Huh. Isn't that creepy? Uh, look, I think it happens all the time. I think it's a um uh, you know, there's a lot of information that goes out to spin us around and around. Um and so I just you know, I my idea is that I just think of people presenting models to me, and I I rely on, um, I guess, um, you know, I guess I I pray to the creator to say, look, give me the wisdom to to work out who's right or wrong here, and I um, listen to the ideas, and there's always a grain of truth in all of these people. And they yeah. all contribute something to our understanding. Um, and then there's an element of deception in everything. I just well, maybe typed not in everything, Johnny. but in a, in, a, in a lot of things. <laughs> I just typed in Johnny Davis, and uh, I guess he's got a new name. It's Seth I've, Cat. I've... Right. Seth yeah. Cat. That's interesting. So the Johnny Davis guy that, that I was listening to, and he's removed nearly all of his videos now. I wish I'd downloaded them all. But he himself is a guy who grew up Jewish and then converted to Christianity. And then he's decided that Christianity is um, a false doctrine. Uh-huh. And uh, he says that... Uh, that um, uh, Christianity is just misleading people. And so, um, I, I I I would suggest that um, 
you know the model that I see. The, the thing that I observe is that is that what I think of as the Nordic races, the, the English, the Celts, um, the people from Scandinavia. We are being our population numbers are being declined, and we're being, if you like, removed from power. And I think um, the anti-Christian message is largely about that. And so at the moment, it would be reasonable to say that white people have no uh, religious or um, spiritual belief that's allowed to grow. Everything's being attacked. Anything to do with, with white race is being attacked. Okay, it looks like we got a caller. Okay, Frank. Um, hello, caller. You're on the air. I'm on the air? Yes, you are on the air. Welcome to the full-fledged show, caller. What area are you Good calling stuff. from? I'm in Mission Viejo, California, Orange County. Cool. So, do you love physics? I love physics, yes, sir. Okay. What what, what so, do you uh, love? Which part, which part do you love? Uh, the part that proved the Earth is flat. And, and and do you think modern physics proves the Earth is flat? Do you? I I do believe it supports that model. Yeah, I don't think it uh supports the idea that we're spinning in space and water is magically glued to Earth through so, gravity. So is it? Is it is it something you believe or, or something that you think is correct? Is it something that requires belief? Mm, I don't think the physics side of flat earth requires belief, no. I think it just requires research. Sure, but so uh, I think that the topic that Johnny was asking me to talk about was, you know, the modern physics, Einstein and and nuclear theory and so on. Do you think that that supports a flat earth? Because uh, in, my I think view, a lot of- in my view... In my view, that all of that physics is about trying to tell us that the Earth is a is a sphere traveling around the sun at sixteen hundred. I would agree with and, you one hundred percent. I think that all those scientists were in on a plot to fool people that you know we're not the pinnacle of creation. Earth is not the only planet, and uh, we don't live in a universe. They want multiverses, so I think it's all quite ridiculous. But now that we know the truth pretty liberating so it's kind of nice talking to other people that know the truth yeah well I, I, I you know i guess that's that's you know where i come from so i think um but but all of those things that we talk about you know to demonstrate how the world really works has nothing to do with modern physics it's really to do with just thinking about things and just applying ordinary engineering so for example one of the things that i think about is Apparently, when the Earth tilts a little bit, it provides winter and summer, right? <laughs> That's what they say. So if the sun is 93 million miles away, the, the small amount of tilt that we're talking about could only be, you know, 100 kilometers or something 
Well, 200 kilometers. Yeah, they, I, I calculated. I, I don't know how far that is, but I've calculated it can't be more than um, a few thousand miles of tilt. Okay, so, so, so let's say it's a thousand miles, whatever you want to say. There we go. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that the difference between ninety-three million and one thousand is going to produce a completely different winter or summer compared to ninety-two, well, and also two. cause you to have polar ice caps on yeah, either I mean, end. Yeah, the, the whole thing. You know, if people just apply just the slightest amount of logic. Another right, one too that, that I don't think people think about is when the sun comes over the horizon in the morning or it dips at sunset. Does it hit your face like it hits your face at high noon? And the answer is no, not even close. At high noon, it's much hotter, and that to me is proof that we have a localized heat source and that the sun is not bajillions of mid, millions of – however far away they say it is, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, 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 so let's – you know, even if we don't know the truth, right, regardless of the truth, exactly. the idea – We know it's not what they say the, the, the idea that the sun is is circling the Earth gives you much more reasonable understanding of what's happening than the other the other model. Um, and when you fly, where, are you, guys, where when you, are you guys based out of? I don't even know where I'm calling. You guys posted in a group that I help run called the Official Flat Earth and Globe Discussion Forum. Someone posted in there, and so I called just seeing what you guys were up to. All right, <laughs> okay. No, I'm I'm um, I live in Australia and. I met. Um, oh, I've been introduced to Johnny through uh, my participation in some discussions with a guy called Dave Eager, who's does a show called Out of Darkness into the Light. That's beautiful. And and he got me. He was interested in talking to me simply because I was occasionally on a show called Fakeology. Um. It's a site that I've been banned from about four times, so they just keep every time I talk they ban me after a while. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're not yeah. Um, problems I mean, with you, you're not doing anything. I made this show with the intention of getting someone that wanted to defend the notion that physics has provided anything useful to mankind. A single thing, anything. Oh, interesting. Huh. Sorry. Maybe I'll have to back out when you get another caller or something. Cause, uh, well, no, you're welcome to you're welcome to stay. I mean, I, I'm just trying to rack my brain for anything that modern physics modern physics theory has contributed, and I and I, you know, I just cannot think of a single thing. Someone has said, well, what about computers and phones? But you know, none of none of the none of the theory behind phones and computers has got anything to do with modern physics. <laughs> in, in, yeah. in fact, what happens is that someone invents these things, and then modern physics tries to scramble for a way to explain how their their absurd theories can fit in, and they and they come up with another excuse, you know, to try and make it fit in. It's always in reverse. They have to reverse so, engineer why why sorry, I heard, why. I, go ahead. Sorry. They have to reverse engineer why one of the modern devices works despite the fact that it doesn't agree with Einstein. I was talking to Johnny about the fact that they now can have a phone charger. You can buy a thing where you don't have to plug your phone in. You just lie it on top of a of a machine, which creates a magnetic field, which allows your phone to get charged up. Now, there's no, there's no transfer of photons or, you know, 
anything or gravitons or anything between the phone and the and the thing, and yet your phone can get charged up. And that completely defies modern physics, which requires the transfer of something, an electron, a photon, a... Hmm, I never even thought about that one. A new one that got introduced to me today is that the number they give us for pi isn't the actual number. Is that right? Have you heard anything about this? No, no, that's a great one. Okay, so so the theory is, well, because obviously anywhere there's a reason to lie, investigate it and make sure that they haven't. And so there's an obvious reason to lie and tell people that pi is 3.14159265358979323. If it's not... If it's not that, because then everyone will base their calculations off a number that's incorrect, and we won't get as far building our own. Uh, so maybe it's a secret of the Masons or something, and what pi really right. is, or I don't know. But but maybe they're lying about the the one of the main numbers that we use to build things off of. And I, I haven't researched. I just found it out today, and I say, hey, my, and I a couple of buddies that I really trust have researched it and said, Nate, it's not the real number. That's pretty groovy. <laughs> Isn't that groovy? <laughs> That's pretty groovy. <laughs> so I thought I'd run that by so, you guys because so, so, you guys seem like some, so, some real So did they tell anyone how, how to find out the true value of pi? No, it was kind of just, hey, Nate, do some research on this because you'll find it interesting. And I haven't done my research yet, but I wanted to throw it out there now that we're kind of chatting about physics and this sort of thing. And, and, you, you've heard. and you got it first, Johnny Galvin. Yeah. You know what? You heard it first on Jenny Galvin's show. There we go, bro. I broke it. That's awesome. You'll be able to come on again. Johnny will invite you back for sure. Well, that's good. I'll hopefully have something new to drop for you guys next time because that's what um, what I'm trying to bring to the table. If you keep bringing gifts like that, you you know, everyone's going to want you. (laughs) You know, one thing, one thing that I notice a lot of people focus on in that flat earth versus spherical earth is uh, they focus on the sky and the stars and stuff like that. But um, well, yeah, I, I like to post over and over that we live beneath an artificial sky, so they should stop focusing on, on the stars and the moon and the sun. And, like, why can we see these and why are the stars like this? It's like, well, you live under an artificial sky, so you can't prove but anything. But you think they, they, they manufactured the sky? Yeah, the sky is completely weaponized. Yeah, we it's can't weaponized. trust our eyes. We, we can't trust All our right. I'll, I'll give you that. You're right. We can't trust our eyes. There, you can't say, "Oh, I've seen a satellite, and that's proof that something's orbiting the Earth, or this or that." I agree. You look, at that. look. I think the most. I think the most likely thing that satellites are is you, you remember <laughs> the airships, the zeppelins that disappeared. You know, they had the Hindenburg disaster. So, so up until the Hindenburg disaster. Hydrogen-based zeppelins were becoming more and more frequent, and they were obviously a very economical and clever machine. But they're obviously mm-hmm. so clever that they had to just get rid of that particular bit of technology. So they had they staged the Hindenburg disaster, and and airships really went, as far as I'm concerned, became dark technology after after that. So my view is it is that anything that likely does the work of of satellites is actually hydrogen-based airships. And you know, I heard I heard it could also be what they're doing with dielectricity, that basically is like flying saucers, um, where you get 
mercury or some type of other metallic liquid, <laughs> and you you get it spinning in one direction, and you get another metallic liquid or the, the same liquid and spinning in a different direction, you basically create buoyancy in the ether. Yes. That, that that's quite likely. Well, it's not so much the ether because what gravity is almost certainly is, as I was saying to um, to Johnny before, is it's an incoherent electromagnetic field, a bit like um, magnetism. Direct magnetism is is like is equivalent to a laser light, you know, like a a focused magnetic field. Whereas normal light is incoherent, so it spreads out wide and far, diffuses. So the analogy between gravity and a magnetic field is that a magnet is a, a coherent electromagnetic field, whereas I think what's happening on the Earth is a, a, a kind of um, incoherent one, and that's what keeps us down on the ground. So the thing that you're talking about could produce a field which basically allows something to be buoyant electromagnetically. There we go. So I think that's quite quite likely and quite possible. And, and I don't is, think um, they necessarily do that with satellites. I don't think that would be the most uh, effective way to be around, floating around up there, but it's, it's a possibility. Oh, do you, you think that you think, you think that'd be more effective than just having a hydrogen-based ze- Zeppelin up there? No, that's what I was saying is the hydrogen-based Zeppelin makes more sense. But, so. Yeah. But, yeah, but they're, they're going to do whatever these, they can to well, save money. You know what's funny is people go, oh, that's how your phone works. How else could your phone work? Well, how do you, do you think that the president was using satellites when he called the man on the moon? Because <laughs> they tell us stuff, that he it? called the man on the moon. <laughs> That's right. So, so how'd that happen? If 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 my cell phone in 2016 needs satellites, how did the president call well, the man on the moon? Well, of course, you know they say they have those satellite phones, but if you, and the satellites up there giving telephone to everyone, but you, you can go all over the place in Australia, and there's no phone coverage. The crazy one is you tell people the thermosphere would melt all the elements in a satellite, and they say, oh, well, the thermosphere isn't hot. Oh, really? Well, why do they say the thermosphere is two to 3,000 degrees? Oh, well, the particles are so far apart. And I go, so is it not 2,000 degrees? Is it not 3,000 degrees because the particles are so far apart? I mean, obviously, it's hot enough for you to think that they're shooting stars, and it's melting rocks flying at us from space. So... Why doesn't it melt the satellites? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say it melts things coming in, but not things going out. That's right. Tell so, me, do you think? Do, do, do you think the atmosphere can exist uh, against a vacuum without having something between the two? No, that's another one that physics would say. Hey, I think the fact that we have atmospheric pressure shows that we have a dome, and if if we are spinning and we are on a ball, then the fact that the atmosphere is being dragged with it. Is only proof exactly. that there is also not, a not, not just dragged with it, but exactly travelling, so that if the Earth at the equator is travelling at 1,600 metres per second, it means exactly. that the atmosphere further out must be travelling at, you know, who knows what it is, 2,000 metres a second, and somehow it manages to go faster than the Earth. But that's all okay. Agreed. No one can explain how that can possibly happen, but... Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one level of absurd piled upon another, and we uh, unfortunately I, I got to be really really old before I started to um, question any of this. Um, so what's crazy is the awakening that's happening right now is massive. There are so many just droves of people coming towards flat Earth, 
Well, it's, it's a pity that it's called flat earth, isn't it? Because it's not really a flat earth. It's There's obviously some uh, a, a kind of space created where we've got the dome, we've got heaven, we've got the middle kingdom that we're on. So, well, you know, the idea that there's Sheol and un- an, under- an underworld is quite likely as well. You know, I think the whole idea that it's a flat earth is where people get misled. Well, I think not, Flat Earth was created to deceive people of the truth because it's like a ridiculous notion. And it's you a ridiculous say Flat Earth, notion. of course. Yeah, there, of course it's not flat. Like I can't, I can see the mountains to the east of me, That's right. and then I can see where the where the land tapers off to the ocean. So how can the Earth yeah. be flat? If, if it was flat, we would all be underwater, or we would all be on land. It, you wouldn't. Have, it's just. But I think the Flat Earth is actually a psyop for the Hollow Earth. I really think there is hollow. Yeah, and I think it's that's more. Where all the, yeah. That's where all the tides are going, and I mean, if anyone thinks that trillions of gallons of water are getting pulled up towards the sky from the moon, um, well, I got that's another. You. That's that's another simple um, uh, discussion point because the tides. If, if you read Wikipedia, the, the the tides are where the triumph of Newtonian mechanics demonstrate what it is. But actually, the it's not. It's not the gravity pulling the um, tides towards the moon. It's actually the differential in gravitational field. So what they're saying is that the side of the Earth closest to the sun has got more uh, gravity applied than the, the, the side of the Earth opposite, on the opposite side. Does that make sense? Oh, I so, hear you. I'm hearing uh, you loud and clear. So what the, And the actual difference is, in the case of the moon, two... Well, what does it work out to be? Two millions of a Newton difference. So I fail, I defy anyone to be able to measure two millions of a Newton difference. Two millions of a Newton, they're saying, causes tides to be 30, Some I think it's up to 30 metres in Alaska or 30 feet. Some huge sum. And then in other parts of the world, there's, there's practically no tide. And then other parts of the world, there's one tide a day. Most of the world, there's two tides a day. It just goes on and on, the craziness about tides. Yeah. None of, none of it makes any sense. And then another thing that's interesting, too, is how come right when we leave Earth's atmosphere, we float? Once we leave Earth's gravitational pull, shouldn't we be entering the sun's gravitational pull? and be glued to whatever side of the space station the sun is on? Of course you should. And so this idea that, oh, once we leave the atmosphere, we just float around, and you can hear classical music in the background. And it's da, 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 da. I love that song. What is it? Mind control to overload. And the, um, I guess the other thing that I think I'm sure very few people are aware of is that there is a well-known effect called the barometric effect where during the day when the tide is at its highest, the atmospheric pressure is at its lowest. And when the tide is at its lowest, the atmospheric pressure is at its highest. And that is everywhere in the world. Oh, wait, so are you saying the atmospheric pressure is the highest when the tides are the lowest? And vice versa. 
Oh, so it's, it's pretty cold. much the atmospheric pressure pushing the da- water down or allowing it to rise up is what you're saying by that. Correct. It's called the barometric effect. Interesting. And it's Interesting. In, complete, in complete contradiction, in complete contradiction to the gravitational view, because if gravity was pulling the water up, it would also pull the atmosphere up. And if the atmosphere was being pulled up, it would be at a higher pressure. But the reverse is true. Well, if anything in the sky was pulling anything on the ground, I think that these rock sculptures, these stack people who stack rocks, that would be impossible. Sure. So have you ever seen these people that you call it gravity glue or rock stacking where they get all kinds of crazy formations putting basically balancing rocks on top of other rocks? Are you familiar with this or no? Oh, no, man, it's incredible. No. They they get all these crazy rock formations, and it looks as if it shouldn't even be standing. They, they, there's no way that this could just – There's no, it's just basically the density of the rocks and the formation of them put together allow it to be a freestanding object. And if anything in the sky was moving anything on the ground, you would they would topple down. Eventually, when the moon came over the earth or the sun came over the earth, it would pull it would the rocks pull them down. Out of it. So those show that the ground is not only completely stationary, but nothing. There's no force above that's pulling objects. Uh, unless you're talking about the ocean, which is magnetized because there's metallics in the ocean. They don't tell us that. Yeah. But that's that's electromagnetism. I don't think that's gravity. Well, I I agree. What what I think the sun and the moon do is is shield or. or provide a perturbation in the in the ether effect or in the electromagnetic field which causes the oceans and the atmosphere to do what they do so moonlight being cold um what's that have you heard about that can't comment um, on that i'd i'd have to do that experiment for myself i think before i started to you know because there's a lot of things on youtube which you've got to be a bit dubious about i i think mm-hmm. i think every person should do that experiment themselves I've done it, and I've concluded that it's colder than the shade. Uh, What I'm curious is, what would be the best test? How are we? What's the best way to do this so people could say, "Oh, that's unfalsifiable. The moon's light is for sure cold." Yeah, I think it's probably something you have to do yourself with one of those infrared thermometer things, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I have. I've been using that, but I just want to. I want to test. Want to know what? What should I be testing? Should I be testing a metallic object because metal transfers heat really well? Should I get it wet first? I mean. You know oh, I mean? that's a good what question. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Are, are you, are you able to put your email address or something? Is, is there a contact way we can contact you? Of course, yeah. Nathan PPL at Yahoo. Nathan PPL at Yahoo. At Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah, and I also run on Facebook. It's called the Official Flat Earth and Globe Discussion. We have okay. thousands of people from Australia in that group. And Australians, I don't know, they're just on to something. They're they're on it. They're on the truth, and they're great people. And it's because of all the kangaroo meat we have. <laughs> I thought it was all that good Foster's beer you were drinking. No, kangaroo. It's kangaroo meat, isn't it, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're funny. I'm going to get out there in the next couple months. So if you're in Australia, oh, hopefully, 
hopefully we can link up because I got a bunch of people out there I want to meet from the group. And yeah, well, hopefully you'll you'll go to a, organize a big uh, public meeting at a at a pub with plenty of uh, kangaroo meat and beer for eleven dollars ninety five. That works. I'm all about that. We did a meeting today with some flatter people in Los Angeles. They had about uh, ten people or so. Really good stuff. Just really sharp people. Know what's going on. Want to change the world. So right. That's what we're all about. Well, gentlemen, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate you having me on your show and chatting with me for so long. So, yeah, no, it's a, a, a pleasure. Really appreciate you calling in. Of course. And um, and what was your two names? I'm sorry. I just jumped on. I had no idea what I was doing. Well, my name's Frank McManus, and I've got a website. that uh, It's called uh, How to Take Care of Your Penis. Dot blogs, uh, sorry, dot... Um, WordPress.com. How to take care of your penis. .wordpress.com. <laughs> Sweet. Do you know you can grow your penis with your brain? Uh, look, who knows? No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I know for sure. I know for sure you can grow your penis with your brain. You heard it first on your radio. I'm breaking that one here too. Um, I okay. started doing a whole brain power program. It's on Amazon. There's a book. And uh, if you produce, because your brain produces steroids, People don't know this is a huge hormone factory. The biggest pharmacy in the world is behind your eyes. And so, well, I, 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 I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a little um, bit, bit back at you. you it, humans collectively produce more sodium bicarbonate than all the sodium bicarbonate factories in the world. What is sodium bicarbonate? Sodium bicarbonate is the chemical that your body uses to keep your body alkaline, and that's the that's the way that you maintain health and you defend yourself against parasites and and illness. So that uh, goes hand in hand with the kangaroo meat. It goes with salt. When you when you take when you eat salt, when you eat salt, your your stomach creates hydrochloric acid, which is used to digest your food. And it also produces sodium bicarbonate, which keeps your body alkaline. Oh, yeah. I've been going vegetarian for the last 10 days, and I have noticed that I can feel the acid in my stomach that used to be used for digesting meat. It has nothing to do. Does that make sense? It doesn't because vegetables are actually quite difficult to break down. So it's it's surprising that you're able to. um... But look, time will tell. All right, well, you I want to thank all the time. You, you guys are awesome. I look forward to seeing more of you guys. So I'm going to tune in. How often do you have this radio show? Usually every night. Good stuff. Well, I've got a listener now, so I, God bless you guys. Okay, cool. Thank thank you. God bless. Good. Thank you. Bye. Oh, well, there you go, Johnny. It was worth persevering for a little bit longer, hey? Yeah, that was cool. All right. Well, is there anyone else likely to call in? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. We only got twenty minutes left. I don't. I don't. I don't know if anybody's gonna call in. But if you want to hang it up, then uh, we can hang it up. Sure. I look. So, I really am. Um... But you said right. um, that it doesn't look like there's in regards to the Mandela effect. It doesn't seem that Australia has shifted in any form, right? I said that I I I I don't know of any. Um, you, you're talking about a change in shape on the map, aren't you? 
yeah, like a location change. Yeah, I, I, I have been able to think of one, but that's not to say that there hasn't been one. I just haven't observed it yet. But you've alerted me to it, and I'll keep a keep an eye out for it. All right, unless you want to go the mud fossil stuff. Oh, that would be terrific. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's a guy on YouTube called Mud Fossils. I, I just think that guy's come up with some really interesting ideas. He is essentially saying that um, all, all, you know, the vast majority of rocks that we have uh, actually have been um, come about for the fossilization of living creatures. And he provides DNA tests, and uh, I, you know, I find his arguments very convincing. And you know, my view is is as I said to you, Johnny, that um, we never prove anything; we can only disprove things. So people will will present a model or a theory, whatever you want to call it, and then as we go through the logic, we can we can disprove that, or if we can't disprove it, we we have to accept that the model is still valid until we can disprove it. So an example there is the discussion we just had um, about um, about the you know the shape of the Earth and atmosphere and so on. People present models of how the atmosphere works, which are just obviously easy to disprove. In the case of this mud fossil guy, he provides um, rocks of fingertips, which are you know would 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 have these of human fingertips that he's had DNA tested as 100% human DNA. And these these creatures must have been, in some cases, 1,500 feet tall. And in the Bible, we said that there were giants on the earth and that they, you know, that they were so gigantic that the, um, that the earth couldn't sustain them. And that's, that's why... Um, the sons of Ben cried out to the Creator to to help them, and that was in the end what caused, well, according to Enoch, um, what what the flood was about. The flood was to rid the earth of the of the Nephilim, of the uh, of the giants of renown, of the men of renown, and the you know the it's a it's a pretty interesting story. And he's he's found the huge heads that people uh, cut, what they think of as carved heads in South America. He's saying they're actually giant human heads. It's pretty remarkable. Well, the way he came off to me was someone that knew a little bit about what he's talking about, but he seemed not genuine. Yeah. That's right. So again, it's but at the same time, are we focusing on the messenger or the message, Johnny? Well, that's why I want to reverse him to find out what else he's saying, because he seemed to have yeah. a lot of these lungs. And it's just like every yeah. one that you're showing is a lung. How many lungs are there? But he didn't just have lungs. He had heads. He had fingertips. He had. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would just watch part three. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be really, you know, I'm really interested in getting other people to look at the work and, and getting some other thoughts on it. Because he doesn't have very many viewers. 
Are you still there, Johnny, or have I lost you? I I didn't hear what you said. Sorry. I, I said I'd be really interested in getting other people to look at the videos. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he's not getting he, he's not getting a lot of viewers. You know, his ideas are really wild. Um, and they're so shocking, in fact, that I can imagine it just stops people in their tracks. You know, the idea that a rock that looks like a lung could be actually a lung. Amazing. Something beeping. Yeah, it is. Oh, that was me. Yeah, so if, if, if other people are listening, and so the, the YouTube, um, the name of the YouTube channel is Mud Fossils, two words. And, um, yeah, I'm really interested in, in, in uh, hearing other people's comments. And if anyone wants to contact me, the easiest way is through, you know, making a comment on my website, which is um, how to take care of your penis.wordpress.com. Um, which is good, you know, it's a collection of the way I think. Yeah, and you got the best salt ever. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah. Well, all right then, Frank, if you want to call in tonight, then um, it was great to talk with you. It was great to get that guest in. So yeah, I guess we'll have yeah, you on uh, well, we'll make sure to do a part two to this so that uh, someone will come on and um, actually dialogue with you. But who can name something, you know? Like, come on, bring some, the best that you've got to the table, you know? Yeah. That'd be great. It, it, shouldn't, it, it shouldn't be that hard for them, should it? <laughs> it shouldn't. You know, it's not like we've set a really difficult challenge or anything, is it? All right. Well, thanks a lot, Frank. Take care, John. Bye. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. You loud and clear on WAR Radio. Rise and shine, folks. It's a beautiful day. Just look at that sky. It's a work of art. (laughs) Nature never knew colors like that. And a friendly reminder, when you look at it, be sure to wear your shades. The radiation clouds way up in the heat wave ain't expected to let up either. Weather control tell us it'll probably hit 110 downtown before nightfall. As for the good news, there is no fucking good news. So let's rock with one of our golden oldies. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is what you want. This is what you get. This is what you want.